Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome to Sports Talk here on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, Charlie Long running things uh, from behind the scenes. And we got Steve Geller joining us at 545 for a triple option. I want to tell everybody at 6 o'clock tonight, LSU basketball right here on the Big 870 and free on the Odyssey app. The LSU Fighting Tigers take on the Georgia Bulldogs. And Bob is kind of like the mob. Just when you fix them to, to pull away, they pull you back in. LSU two wins over two top teams. And then <laughs> what happened Saturday? Spit the bit moment against Mississippi State. Get beat by yeah. 20. Uh, Mike, I think it has got worn out. 87 to 67, that said back uh, to Mississippi State Bulldogs. Uh, look, they got four games remaining in the regular season. Uh, look, they find themselves what, in a three-way tie right now with Ole Miss and Texas A&M. Eighth place in the league. They're all 6-8. Uh, and eight. Uh, It's amazing how competitive. And we talked about that SEC basketball, uh, having the most ranked teams tied with the Big 12. I want to say it was at six. But look, this is the second meeting between LSU and Georgia. Uh, like the, uh, I remember watching that game uh, yeah. in Athens. The Bulldogs edged them out when it was 68-66. That was back uh, about a month ago, January 24th in Athens. And, um, you know, I, I think they're going to be motivated, though, to gain a split uh, with Georgia. Uh, if you look at it, LSU came back. They've had a lot of good comebacks. Some of them have fallen short. Some of they come out on top. I remember watching that. They came back from an eight-point deficit with like a little under three minutes left in the game. And they actually took a 66 66- 65 lead, and then uh, Russell uh, Tichwa, if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, he made a three-point play with two and a half seconds remaining to come out on top. But um, you want to talk about struggling right now. Look at Georgia. They've dropped six games in a row, and they've lost seven of eight. Uh, Saturday, they got whooped by Auburn, uh, 97 to 76. So I think this is a very winnable game for LSU. And uh, look at the Tigers, Mike. You tell how competitive it's been. They won three of the past eight, including we always talk about because uh, it was the kind of uh, scenario, oh, maybe they turn the corner, wins over number 11, South Carolina, number 17, Kentucky. And, you know, the Tigers, when you look at it, played six consecutive games. 
against uh, teams that, if you look at it, uh, now, unless they collapse on the back end, will make the NCAA tournament. So it's basically a tournament games within the SEC. And um, like Coach McMahon said, the SEC gauntlet, uh, look, uh, we played six teams in a row that will be seeded top eight. He says, he estimates that they played six games in a row and the teams could be seeded in the top eight in the NCAA tournament. Bob, I think one of the things, uh, you just want to see some consistency. And I, I think that's what's lacking from this LSU basketball team. You can talk about talent, but from night to night, you're not real sure what you're going to get. Uh, really, you're, not, you're really not sure. And I think that's the big thing here. In NFL news, and this was about an hour ago, the Kansas City Chiefs inform Legereus Sneed. Man, I go back a, a long way with him. He was at Minden High School in, in Louisiana. In North Louisiana. Yeah, uh, he went to Louisiana Tech, fourth-round pick uh, back in 2020, uh, the COVID year uh, with the Chiefs. Just been a tremendous player. They're going to put the franchise tag on him. And if they can't come up with a deal now, they're looking to maybe trade him. In the Brett Vetch era uh, in Kansas City, he's never re-signed a top defensive back. So, Mike, why wouldn't they let him play on the franchise tag? The salary cap is going up. They can afford him. They can afford afford Chris Jones, I think, now. <laughs> I Look think the their deal cap. is they're, they're going to focus in on trying to get Chris Jones in a long-term deal. Well, and the different approach. And okay. their approach is they're not going to pay the defensive back. Okay, and also you look, uh, are you paying, you know, are you want him to franchise tag him? Do you still want him around? Look at the approach the Bengals are taking with T. Higgins. They franchise tag him. Like, what is up, Charlie? I think it's like 21, uh, 21 and a half million. Some about T. Higgins, you know, franchise tag. Where, uh, Mike, you look at it, I think they want to get a long term deal with Jamar Chase. I think but, first. Yeah, they st- but they still want T. Higgins. I think they want to keep those weapons, and hopefully Joe Burrow stays healthy for the whole season. Man, when you watch Kansas City, one guy who just shut you down was Snead. Yeah, and man, oh. I'm not going to remember those days. Uh, there wasn't 137 players better than the dra- in the draft than Legereus Sneed, but yeah, Louisiana Tech. He didn't get a lot of ink, but man, that guy is just glued to you. So my God, I didn't know he went to Minden High School. Minden High School played quarterback <laughs> and defensive back in Minden. You know, you can look it up. What just came to my mind because I played with his brother at Northwestern in Natchitoches, Northwestern State University in Natchitoches. One of the greatest NFL receivers ever. Old Houston Oiler, Charlie Hennigan. Yeah. Charlie Hen- Hen- Hennigan, uh, look it up. He's, he's like, the old AFL catch it pass. He put up some unreal numbers. numbers. Yeah. One of the greatest receivers, Charlie Hennigan, was uh, from Minden, Louisiana. Yeah. So they're going to try to get a long term deal with Sneed. If not, they're basically telling the other 31 teams in the NFL if you want to make a deal for him, we're willing to make that deal. What does that remind you of? Tyreek Hill. Right, right, with Tyreek. Yeah, they didn't out. want to pay Tyreek either, and they dealt him off to Miami. Now, now, uh, Mike, would that be – you look at the salary cap, because right now I think there's still some uncertainty uh, with the Saints' safety position. Do you go with the youngsters? Because, um, I don't know, you'd have to have a, a red flag up where uh, Honey Badger's at right now, Marcus May. And Marcus May's been disappointment. Right. And with Tyron, you, he's in the way in the winter years of his career. Right now, I don't know what Howden, uh, if you please. Got to bring him. in a veteran. Safety. Yeah. Uh, but That's he, the way I look But at he it. would probably be too expensive, right? Was that? Sneed coming to the Saints. Sneed? You better break <laughs> out a big checkbook for Sneed to play cornerback for you. And they're going to have teams that are going to be willing to pay him that type money. And he's just, he's 27. 
Right, like, right. It's not like he's a 30-year-old cornerback playing. He's a 27-year-old. We'll have a lot more sports talk. I want to tell everybody at 435, we'll talk to Jake Madison about the Pelicans as they play the Knicks uh, tonight in New York. And what a wild finish last night that got Monty Williams really upset oh, with a, a call that was so obvious that was not made in that game. So when we come back, we'll talk about the top interior offensive linemen available for the 2024 NFL Draft and People you'll see at the Combine this weekend in Indianapolis, right after this break here on the Big 870. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870, Mike Detail along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, And this is our weekly segment leading up to the Combine, and we'll have it uh, throughout the Combine process of looking at the top players. And we'll do this again uh, as the draft gets closer. But this is uh, this today's about interior offensive linemen. My top interior offensive lineman is Jackson Powers Johnson, the offensive center from Oregon. And uh, I, I was telling this to Charlie Bob that uh, this, a few years back when Dan Lenning got hired with Oregon, he was telling me, he said, Mike, I can't remember the kid's name. They keep bouncing him uh, from offensive center to defensive tackle, offensive center, defensive tackle. Now I think he's playing, he said, on the offensive side of the football. He said, he's a really good athlete, but he said, Mike, he's not a defensive tackle. So I'm watching Oregon this year. Man, I'm watching Jackson Powers Johnson. He just dominating the middle of that offensive line. I get a phone call from Pete. He's like, Mike, that's the guy. And he's a former defensive tackle. Actually played a number of games for the Ducks at defensive tackle. They moved over to the offensive side to football. Bob, did you see a lot of pressure on Bo Nix? No, no. Uh, and, <laughs> Man, he and, shut that down, and, and, and I mean fast. And, and Mike, if he – if you now this is all – all the offensive line. This is guards, centers, tackles. You have him guards and one. centers. Okay, guards and centers. Not the tackle. Okay, we did okay, tackles okay. yesterday. Oh, okay. Seven in my top twenty. Okay, so do you perceive him? Uh, because that's still uh, a big feather in his cap. So it's like a late first round pick. I, I have him twenty first 
And okay, the I only have 22 first-round picks, grades. Okay, great. And so he's a graded first-round pick. So whoever picks him, this is starting center from day one. Kind of like a Mango. Remember when Mango went from Ohio State to the Jets? Uh, Eric Mango was a and really then, good uh, who, player. Who was the guy I'm thinking that was at Cal? And then um, was it the Falcons ended up with the Browns or, or vice versa? He was with Cleveland. Oh, man, I can't think he ended up with the um, – He's he would the Falcons. Alex Mack. Alex Mack, yeah. Just no, popped in my man, head. I, my daughter was in college the same time with him at Cal. And, um, he's you know, not as big him. as Mack or as Mingo and Mango, but, man, he's a really good – and he's only really started one year, and he wins the Remington Award, best center in the country. And you could tell, man, when, when Bo Nix would – because he – okay, I, this is not a knock on Bo, but he gets a little excited sometimes. And – Jackson would always sort of calm everybody down. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's like the quarterback and offensive yeah, line. Yeah, just calm everybody down. But that's just Bo's personality that he's kind of a live wire sometimes. So, when, Mike, how would you rate him, okay, compared? Because we look at, uh, okay, 32, say, starting centers, like McCoy versus. He's uh, a better yeah. prospect than McCoy coming out. Okay. He's a better prospect. I'm telling you, Bob, he's gonna he ain't gonna be watching long in the NFL. He's gonna be starting. Really smart guy, gets it technically strong, bends at the knees and just catches you. He's a real good uh leverage player. And so uh Jackson Powers Johnson, my number one rated guy, my number two rated interior player is Graham Barton. He started three years at left tackle at Duke. As a freshman, the two starting the two centers that started ahead of Okay, they go down the injury. They got to put in an 18-year-old Graham Barton to start. He started six games at center for Duke as an 18-year-old. But then they moved to left tackle. He doesn't quite have the the length and maybe the height and, and all those measurables for the tackle position, but a really good guard. And Jim Nagy and I were talking about this in the fall. I'm not real sure his best position is in center. But I think left guard is where a team picks him. That's where they're going to play him. You know, uh, Mike, and that reminds me, uh, the more you could do, and by, that's not going to hurt him by him playing tackle, guard, uh, center. Yeah, or center. Who was the one from Oregon that was with the Saints and then uh, somebody – And then he went up. to Carolina. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, okay, he kind of kicked around a little bit. Yeah, but but I remember one thing that attracted the Saints. Uh, because uh, he was versatile, and, and I think he, he had started I, at all five at positions. At all five positions, exactly. So, yeah, uh, that doesn't hurt if you're able to do that. And, and he's a late first, early second round pick. And a guy who I really like, He's he's got a knee injury. He's coming off – uh, he would have went to the Senior Bowl, but he kind of got nicked up late in the year. Is Zach Fraser, a six foot four, three hundred fifteen pound center from West Virginia? He's my thirty seventh ranked overall player. Has started two and a half years at center for West Virginia, but I was telling Charlie this four times in in high school from ninth grade to twelfth. He was a four time state champion heavyweight wrestler. Man, if you get involved with a wrestler, they know how to tie you up leverage-wise, every which way but loose. And you watch him, Zach Fraser's physical at the point of attack. Man, and he sort of manhandles you as a center. Well, Mike, and you talk about wrestling. That's why if you have a kid and, you know, they have to have a wrestling program at the high school, they have that in the Catholic district. You look Holy Cross, Brother Martin, and all them Jesuits, they all have that. And you're on the offensive line, uh, that could do nothing but help you develop the offensive lineman. I know Joe Hilgenberg, 
Uh, Joe was know, a small center, uh, but he knew how to tie you. And he was at Iowa, and, and he was telling me, Bobby, I'm just like an alternate on the Iowa wrestling team. But, you know, if you're on Iowa wrestling team, the <laughs> you Iowa, were pretty damn good. Iowa, Iowa State, Nebraska, Oklahoma State, all that, that, that you were amongst the best. But, Zach, four-time high school champion <laughs> in as a heavyweight wrestler, a two-and-a-half-year starter at center, and, man, he's a really good technician. Real smart guy, too, and a leader. Man, when, when you need somebody to kind of fire you up, it's Zach Fraser. And so I think he'll go very early in round two. And I'm a big center guy. I think if you can play that, I think that's the second toughest position out on the football field. Quarterback is one. Center is two. Well, you have a, that stat you always say about. But you, you lose if, your center. If you're starting, almost if you're starting 79%. Center, if your starting center is not available in the back. Yeah, Dilberto and I, we did pretty good with that yeah, uh, for a while. How, how you place that bet that next game. <laughs> the fourth-rated uh, interior player, Chris Mahogany uh, from Boston College. Bob, I thought about you. They always got good offensive linemen. Yeah. I thought about Steve you, guy, Trapillo. He's 6'4", 305 pounds, three-year starter at BC. Man, they've pumped out a bunch of offensive linemen to the NFL. Yeah, they all maulers. I never forget, uh, you know, T-Bob was being recruited by, uh, you know, a number of teams, uh, uh, universities around the country. And, boy, when he got a few letters, like, and, and got invited to go, uh, they were playing North Carolina State, Boston College. Go, T-Bob, we're going on a road trip. <laughs> we going to Boston because I was saying offensive linemen, it didn't get any better because it's just like, you know how you have – Okay, this school, like... Oh, like Penn, Penn State was Penn State linebackers. linebackers. And it was like uh, Boston College. Yeah, but, you know, I'm not saying SEC, they always going to have all the positions. But you go like Penn State linebackers. LSU Boston wide College, receivers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, one of the guys to watch, too, and I think he'll be a late second-day pick or possibly in the fourth round. Young man, I think one of the better offensive linemen I've seen from the New Orleans area, Cedric Van Praan. From Warren Easton High School, a three-year starter at the University of Georgia. You talk about a wide-body center. Von Braun is that, and a really good football player. Bob, name me a- another offensive lineman from the city of New Orleans over the last few years. But you can think what Van Braun. No, you, you can name skilled people, but not like uh, really. A uh, big uh, man, offensive lineman. And Van Braun, man, he is a really good technician, power player, has gotten much better as a pass protector, really good run blocker. And when you start in three years at Georgia, man, you pretty doggone good because no, they that, got cats around you that can play. Yeah, that, that's the kind of guy LSU got to keep at home. Yeah, and, uh, and, 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 and they didn't. And he decided, man, nah, I'm, I'm going to go to Georgia. Another guy, too, I really like is Dominic uh, Puny. Uh, the offensive guard tackle from Kansas, uh, who's kind of a tweener type of guy. Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, a real good uh, pass protector, has gotten better as a run blocker, but, man, he's aggressive. Uh, we had a texter ask about uh, Nathan Thomas, the offensive lineman from UL. Uh, we talked about him yesterday. He went to Chalmette High School, and uh, I, I think he's a third-day pick. I think he'll go in the fourth round. Uh, two-year starter uh, for the Raging Cajuns at left tackle. If he'll stay there, remains to be seen. He got hurt late in the year, missed the bowl game, um, missed uh, the East-West Shrine game, didn't get an opportunity. But Nathan Thomas, 
And you think about UL, Charlie, and I've talked about this. They've pumped out a few linemen well, well, the well, last well, few well, years. Well, well, who, who was Charlie? Who was the one? I know you were uh, on that. Uh, on, on, yeah, he went to hard. Buffalo last year. Yeah. yeah the, the offensive guard. The guard. Uh, oh. He went to Florida. Yeah, he went to Florida. <laughs> on the spot. Went to oh, no, he was the second round pick. Yeah. 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 Uh, Give me one second. Uh, so you, oh, yeah. Oh, Cyrus Torrance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Torrance. And you were saying, oh, well, on the Saints to take him. But yeah. also like Robert Hunt and right, like Kevin right. Dodson. Man, they produce some good offensive linemen. And so to answer the texter's question, we talked about him quite a bit yesterday, Nathan Thomas, and I think he's a really good player. Uh, I think he'll be a day three pick, uh, fourth, fifth round. But, uh, man, I really like him. And he got – the more he played, the better he became. And he was not a very highly recruited guy at all. I think he was a two-star recruit, if I can remember right. So, um, good for Nathan. So, that's our look at the top interior offensive linemen, center guards. Tomorrow we'll be looking at pass rushers. Everybody wants one. So, Mike, as we go on to break, we got another text. Uh, that if, uh, any of these linemen fit uh, with the new system the Saints will be running? I think the Saints more offensive tackle than interior people, right? That's what I would look at. But we, that's, you think about it, the first two tackles to get picked, Joe Alt and um, Oli Fushano, are both left tackles. Then after that, Fuagu, uh, J.C. Latham, all those Alabama, guys, yeah. uh, Guyton from Oklahoma, uh, Marius Mims, started all of eight games. Another and Georgia product. They all right tackles. Oh, Every one of them are right tackles. But, man, you don't know about, about Ryan Ramchak. Ramchak's knee. Uh, man, you watch that film of Mims and say, man, that guy's really good. But you got eight games with him. Uh, so he's going to be a little bit of a, a work in progress, but man, the games he played, he was really dominant. His test scores at the combine. That They're going to be through the roof. Yeah, Bob, and, I'm and, just and telling you. That, that could really help him his, out. His athletic skills, there's no question. He's going to be a technician. That's going to be the work in progress with him. We'll be back with more Sports Talk, and Jake Madison will talk to us say about Pelicans, Knicks, tonight right on here on the Big 870 WWL. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detail, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, And joining us now on our Oakland Hard Jewelers Talk and Text Line from Locked On Pelicans is Jake Madison for all things Pelicans. Hey, Locked On Pelicans on the Odyssey app. And uh, you can look up your app right there. Uh, your team every day on the Odyssey app, Locked On Pelicans. Jake, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. I'm going to ask you right off the bat. Man, uh, uh, Charlie showed me the ending and a better view of it of what happened between the Pistons and the Knicks last night. And I see why Monty went off. Now, listen, they paid him a lot of cash, and it ain't working out. But my goodness, you talk about a horrendous call or non-call. You saw it last night in that game. Yeah, you know, what's so funny to me about that, or I guess not even funny, but like really ironic is that game was supposed to be in Detroit instead of New York, and it got switched around after the in-season tournament. So not only did Detroit lose a home game, they got 
screwed, frankly, on that end-of-game call. And that's a couple weeks after the Knicks had a similar situation where the refs kind of botched the ending in their game against the um, Houston Rockets. And you're seeing this kind of across the NBA, right? And it applies to the Pelicans here, too, is that, you know, the NBA seems to have a bit of an officiating problem right now where they're not making calls. There's nothing they can do to very clear calls at the end of games. It's not like there was another play after that and you've got to kind of rewind the game. That should be when there's something just as egregious as that and obvious as that, that you do something about it to make sure that the game feels more legitimate than it was. So the NBA is dealing with this kind of throughout the league, right? We're seeing that here in New Orleans where they feel Zion's not getting enough calls, not going to the free throw line as much. And I even talked about that on my show today. He should be going a little bit more, maybe not as much as people are thinking. But this has been a problem, you know, throughout the NBA. Officials have a little too much influence on all of this, and they need to do something about it. Now, uh, Jake, I, I don't know when I'm optimistic, uh, then I get disappointed when, uh, when I don't have any expectation to come out on top. Uh, look how they came out post-All-Star break, how they took care of the Rockets uh, handily. And then all of a sudden you look what happens against the Heat and then you look what happens against the Bulls. And it's like finding different ways to lose. Okay, I'm look, uh, Brandon Ingram's dealing with, what, a sickness. Uh, so he didn't play – the first couple of games coming out of the All-Star break, but he comes back, uh, and I should say Ingram's out, so Trey Murphy comes in. He shoots 2 of 12 from the field, Then Jordan Hawkins goes 4 of 17 from the field, and uh, what they shot with 37.5% from, uh, from the field. Uh, and then this season, in, you know, when they don't score 100 points, they drop to 3 and 4 this season when scoring fewer than 100 points. And you look at the Heat with 13 of 29 from three-point land, but then I look, uh, all of a sudden against Chicago, uh, they lost despite uh, shooting 16 three-pointers. But then you turn over the ball. I mean, it just seems like it's not just one thing. It seems like they find different ways to lose. Yeah, particularly in the second half of games. And I think when you when you really get down to it, right, I think kind of the core of this is just the starters haven't been playing particular gr- particularly great you know they've been okay in the first quarter but it's really in the third quarter that they've kind of hit like a grinding halt the offense really stops scoring with that group and that then impacts the defense something that I've been talking a lot about on my show you know the normal saying is good defense leads to easy offense right you get a stop you can get out in transition you run in the fast break with a man advantage you score some easy points that way but you don't do your defense any favors to get said stops when you don't you know, score points, and now teams are running against you. And you look at a team like the Chicago Bulls, right, a team that doesn't have, you know, a guy like Zach Levine playing their all-star guard. They're missing other guys like Patrick Williams. They got almost 20 points in the fast break just by getting out and running, some of the easiest ways that they could score. And for the Pelicans, who have a top-10 defense, your defense doesn't matter at that point because you're not stopping really any NBA team in transition. Nobody does. So these things are kind of like all tied together. You can kind of point to one issue if you want, but it's going to kind of then be linked to something else. And that's what's kind of causing all of these problems since everything is so linked together kind of in the NBA's run of play. You know, if your offense isn't scoring, your defense is going to be bad. Then your defense can't get stopped. So your offense struggles to score again and so on and so forth. And it keeps perpetuating itself a little bit. So New Orleans really needs to find a way just to kind of clean up one or two things. And I think that's going to make them a better team uh, and get them back to winning ways and maybe avoid a three-game losing streak tonight. Turnovers. Good gracious. Because uh, you had them by the teriyaki, so to speak, uh, Sunday. You really did. And, you know, again, 
Well, why aren't, because the matchup certainly favored it, why weren't you trying to get the ball more to Zion in the paint? And I, I, I know you did a good job uh, hitting the three-point shot. I think it's only one other time this year that they've lost when they've hit this many three-pointers. But the matchup certainly favored you to get the ball to Zion inside for the score, but the turnovers were a killer. Well, and especially B.I. coming back and having nine turnovers out of the yeah, 19. exactly. Uh, and, and, and come on, that can't happen. And look, Zion scored 19. Now he's not getting to the free throw line, but he's 9 of 15 shooting. It was really puzzling. And like Mike was saying, uh, Jake, I don't know. We didn't play in Chicago. It was in New Orleans, the Smoothie King Center. The Bulls are 27 and 30. I mean, they, they swept the regular season series. No, that, that was to me more frustrating than even the Heat loss that we lost at home today. Yeah, them. I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. There's there's no sugarcoating it. That was a bad loss by the New Orleans Pelicans. That was a game they should have won. They were up 12 in the third quarter. They let that lead go away and then just never really recovered from that. You know, part of it was I think they were down C.J. McCollum, Jose Alvarado, and that's two of your ball handlers right there. You know, they want those guys sometimes to kind of take take possessions away from Zion Williamson, from Brandon Ingram handling the ball. That would have cut down on some of the turnovers, I think. But you mentioned Zion Williamson, right? You know, they're, they're complaining a lot that he should go to the free throw line more, and I think he went once or twice in that game against the Chicago Bulls. You probably then can't have him just kind of standing in the corner not doing anything correct possessions, right? And you see that too often. He's not going to get to the line unless he has the ball in his hands, and at times they just don't get it to him enough, and it's almost like he's an afterthought out there. And I don't know if they're doing that to maybe just give him a rest on certain possessions, but when Brandon Ingram turning the ball over you know, six times in the second half is your offense, you need to run it through Zion Williamson then, and I, you just didn't see them do that. I think they also really kind of trying went – a little too small in that game. You know, Larry Nance Jr. had four turnovers, particularly in that second half, too, and was, I think, a minus 24 in that game. You know, Jonas Valanciunas, who was a positive with the starters, didn't play over 30 minutes. That seems like it was a mistake by Willie Green to go with a smaller big man in Larry Nance Jr., who struggled in that game, versus Valanciunas, who had been scoring and done a good job. That could have changed the fortunes of that team. Just kind of everything went wrong in that game, and that's what made it so disappointing. Now, uh, Jake, uh, obviously you got to have health with uh, injury. I mean, you got to have uh, luck with injuries uh, or be healthy in the back end of the season. Uh, well, what's your take on C.J. McCollum with his sprained left ankle? I mean, how significant is that? And uh, and you mentioned Jose Alvarado and, and Marshall with the suspension uh, serving that. Uh, but how important uh, is to avoid that three-game uh, losing streak? Now, they're playing in New York. I mean – to tell you the truth, I don't expect him to win because I'll look at No, especially, especially <laughs> after the Knicks had, uh, you know, that, right. that kind of like incident last night. Who knows how that's going to kind of affect right. the officiating or what they're going to do here, right? Maybe it actually benefits the Pelicans since the Knicks got a win they probably shouldn't have had or something like yeah. that. So maybe maybe the league will do the right thing. A make-up, and them a make-up game. Yeah. <laughs> look, however you get the wins here, that's ultimately what matters, right? You know, and look, this is a tough stretch here, right? You're going to play in New York. That's not an easy place to go in. It's it's going to be a back-to-back. You're playing the Indiana Pacers tomorrow night. That's not going to be an easy game with Tyrese Halliburton and the offense that that team has. So you need to get this win. Look, you know, coming into the All-Star break, they were playing really good basketball. They had some really excellent form, right? I think they're 8-1 and one going into the All-Star break, and then they got that win right after, so they're 8-1. and 
one, but they just lost two straight games, and they went from the fifth seed to the seventh seed. They're in the playing tournament right now, and that's not a situation that you want to be in whatsoever, right? You'd like to just solidly be in the postseason, not have to win an extra game or two, depending on where you fall to. So two games, that's all it took, two games to fall right back into the playing tournament. That's how tight things are. So every win, every game is going to matter in this stretch run of the regular season, right? It's going to be a sprint to the finish line, and you can't afford really any slip-ups. The margin for error is very minuscule right now, and this is a position the Pelicans have put themselves in. You know, if you had taken care of business, if you had figured out some of your rotations, some of your lineups, some of your offense earlier on in the season, this wouldn't be a concern. How many double-digit leads have they blown in the second half of games? They only have themselves to blame for a lot of these mistakes in the position that they're in right now. Jake, um, looking through the telescope, uh, uh, tomorrow night they play the Pacers, and then Friday they catch them again, uh, one in Indianapolis, and then they play them Friday night in New Orleans. Kind of break down that matchup between the Indiana Pacers. Well, they have Halliburton and ain't dealing with the oil industry either. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that Halliburton kid, boy, he's been a, well, a, they, a, they, a, a really pre- pleasant surprise. hit oil with Halliburton. Yeah, yeah without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, I, you know, it, it comes down to slowing him down, right? Like, that's what this is going to be, and that's going to really be on a guy like Herb Jones to try and take him out of the game. And the good news is Herb Jones has been up to that task, you know, should be in consideration for one of the all-defensive teams. Finally, I think he's starting to get so much, you know, buzz around the league that we'll see him on one of those those teams and awards at the end of the year comes down to him right like that's going to be the big matchup there if they can slow down Tyrese Halliburton I think this is a, a team that you can beat you know the Pelicans defense has been very good this season no matter who they've played you know the Indiana Pacers have basically zero defense it's certainly going to be a shootout New Orleans has the offense to do that I don't think Indiana is going to really put up much resistance there even with Miles Turner playing particularly well down low and he's a very good rim protector and shot blocker for them so I still think you'll see kind of Zion Williamson feast a little bit during all of that and if you just slow down Tyrese Halliburton like should be you know I don't want to say an easy victory for New Orleans but a victory they should be able to certain but I always love these kind of like two game sets you get where you play one team and then kind of play them again right away you know I, I think people think that NBA teams make more adjustments during a regular season than they do, right? Like, over the 82 games, you maybe get 30 practices in over the season. It's just not very many. You know, but when you have a chance to play a a team back-to-back, you can actually make some adjustments as opposed to just moving on to your next opponent and just trying to kind of, like, dictate the game with what you do well. So this is one where I think this second game, the one in New Orleans, is going to look dramatically different than the first. And that's always kind of fun to see the X's and O's, the adjustments, kind of the chess match that comes out of all of that. Now, uh, Jake, when you look within the division, it's not like uh, that the Mavericks are smoking, smoking hot. I mean, it seems like they're struggling too. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, you just can't tell. So what's your take on where Dallas is at? Because they nip it on our heels, but even though we've lost, uh, we're still ahead of Dallas. Yeah, but they're playing some better basketball. You know, they made a couple of smart additions at the trade deadline, bringing Daniel Gafford in really kind of opened things up and gave them depth at the center position that they were – 
uh, really in need of. You're seeing Luka Doncic play at an MVP level. He's going to be finishing in the top three of the voting when it comes to that. You know, Kyrie Irving is capable of taking over on any given night as one of the elite scorers from the guard position in the NBA. You know, their defense is, is bad, and that's kind of been their issue this season. So if they have a slight off-scoring night, you know, you can see them really go down hard. And I think you point to a game earlier on in the season, right, when Herb Jones had missed a couple of games. They had that two-game set in New Orleans against the Dallas Mavericks, and Herb Jones came back for that second one. And Luka Doncic had maybe the worst game of his career, like might have actually had the worst game of his career the way that Herb Jones hounded him all night long into just a very poor performance to the point where he picked up one technical and it looked like he just wanted to be anywhere but playing in that game. And I thought he was just going to pick up another tech, get tossed and not have to deal with Herb Jones anymore, which didn't end up happening, but you can kind of see the frustration in him. You know, if you, if you, Mix Luca up with different coverages. If you blitz him, if you then maybe go into drop coverage or switch to his own really quickly, you have to be a good defensive team to be able to pull that off. But that's kind of how you beat that Dallas Mavericks team. And I think they just don't have enough. They're missing somebody or another guy, right? Jalen Brunson leaving a year or two ago from them was a big loss for them. You know, I, I think they're good, but they're not a team that I worry about going into the postseason or that I see, you know, making a leap to the top five, top four, anything like that. Now, uh, Jake, how um, important it is, because, you know, we always focus on Zion, and, and, you know, we need to focus on Zion. He needs to be that alpha dog. Uh, but I think Brandon Ingram needs to step up. You know, a post-All-Star, he missed a couple of games because of illness. And then, uh, look, even though he, what, he scored, what, a team-high 22 points, uh, if you look uh, – he didn't look sharp. I mean, uh, to me, committing, like I said, uh, nine turnovers. Uh, when you look at that, uh, I mean, uh, how do you, what is the expectation for Brandon Ingram? Because, you know, he's already, he already was an all-star, but definitely not playing as an all-star right now. No, you know, he's, he's had an interesting year, right? Like the, the individual numbers for him, I'd say, are good. <laughs> you know, the scoring's there, the assists are there, you know, but something's just kind of felt a little bit off, right? And I think it was kind of encapsulated by that game against the Chicago Bulls. You know, he had the nine turnovers, six in the second half, but he had 18 points in the in the first half of the game. He was dominating. And then in the second half, he had nine turnovers and just – or, sorry, six turnovers and just four points. And that's a big reason why they lost, that he just couldn't keep it up. And I think, you know, you're seeing him and Zion Williamson look a little clunky together. The offense just doesn't seem to flow – as much, and you know, it's something that we've talked a lot about here, Bobby. Where you've asked, is there a magic number for three-point shots, three-point attempts for the New Orleans Pelicans? Right? We've seen some really strong games of three-point shooting from Brandon Ingram, where he goes seven of eleven, eight of eleven, whatever it was, the, a couple of weeks ago, right. and then the next game he just takes two three-point attempts, and that's it. And it's that kind of inconsistency in terms of his shot profile, his shot selection, that I think is kind of taking the Pelicans sometimes like out of rhythm. Right. You know, he went into the season assuming the ball was going to be his, in his hands. That was kind of the plan. Then as the season has gone on, I think we've seen that going with point Zion and putting the ball in Zion Williamson's hands is the better move for this team if they at least want to kind of figure their offense out in the short term. But does he really fit into that? He's not the best off-ball player, right? Look at his struggles with Team USA in the FIBA World Cup this summer where he was very disappointing after being a starter on that team. And it's likely going to mean he doesn't get 
get a roster spot to the Olympic team uh, this coming summer. So trying to kind of find a way to utilize him, you know, within the flow of the offense is really important, something the Pelicans have struggled with. You know, I think it's on him to just kind of refine his shot selection, take more threes, be more of a spot-up threat. When Zion isn't out there, then he's allowed to kind of take over. But then when Zion comes back in, kind of needs to be a slightly more complimentary piece. And I just don't know if that's something he wants to do or if he's even capable of doing. And I think that's why you've seen some of the up and downness to his season so far. Jake, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Always appreciate it. Great insights, buddy. Thank you so much. Of course, thanks for having me on, you guys. All righty. You can join Jake on Locked On Pelicans, and he give you all things Pelicans on the Odyssey app, on Locked On Pelicans, on the Odyssey app, and your team every day. We'll be back to finish it off here in our number one of Sports Talk right after this break on the Big 870. We're finishing up here in our number one of Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detail along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. We'll have a lot more NFL Combine talk. And just want to remind everybody at 6 o'clock tonight right here on the Big 870 and free on the Odyssey app, LSU basketball team takes on the Georgia Bulldogs. We'll be back with more Sports Talk here on the Big 870 right after this news break. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.